Welcome back to Thimbleberry U. I am John Jagay, joined again by Amy Wallace from Thimbleberry Financial. Always good to be with you. Jag, it's always good to be here. All right, so we're recording this on Wednesday, November 11th. That is a few days after the major news outlets called the election for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And during the election, and even now, I heard a lot of people say this year that if Biden and Harris win, all of our taxes are going to go up. And I don't want to pay more taxes. And I'm sure a lot of people listening don't want to either. So let's dive in today. What can you tell us about the tax plan? And I guess really, I just want to know if my taxes are going to go up. (laughs) Fair enough, Jag. I I think your question is one that many people have right now. So under the Biden tax plan, most Americans' taxes would not increase. Mm Mm-hmm. The exception to that is if your family earns more than $400,000 annually. So bottom line, for most Americans, your taxes are not going to go up if the Biden-Harris tax plan is implemented. That is good to know because my family does not make $400,000 a year. In fact, I've I've seen a couple memes in the last week or so. There was, um, you know, that uh, Tupperware that gets stained by tomato sauce if you put leftovers in it? Uh-huh. I saw a meme that said, if you own one of these... Your taxes will not go up under the Biden-Harris tax plan. And another one that was that old school popcorn ceiling. If you have this in your house, your taxes are not going up under the Biden-Harris tax plan. I saw that too. (laughs) And and so just to reiterate this, they're not going to go up at all. That is generally correct. Um, So if you earn more than $400,000 or have investment earnings, I'm talking about significant investment earnings, your tax rates shouldn't increase. If you do have significant investment earnings or make over that $400,000, they may go up some because under the Biden-Harris plan, they want to roll back some of the Trump-era Tax Cut and Jobs Act changes. That's the tax plan that was put in place by the Trump administration. Back in 2017. Got it. So (laughs) what do Biden and Harris want to do? Yeah, well, their proposals include an $8,000 credit for child care, a tax exclusion for student loans that are forgiven. Currently, there are a few exceptions, but most forgiven student loans are taxed as income to the borrower, Mm, Okay, which under some of the student loan plans is an absolutely crazy hit for the person whose loans are going to be forgiven. Oh, sure. Yeah. Another thing that's in the proposals is a refundable tax credit for low to middle income households that contribute to IRAs and 401ks. Mm hmm. And a $5,000 credit for family caregivers and a catch-up contribution for those caregivers to add money to their IRA or 401k that they might have missed. Got it. Okay. So it sounds like the average person would be equally or better off under this Biden-Harris administration, assuming all these proposals pass. What about the stock market? I've always heard the stock market uh, favors a Republican president. Is that right? Well, I will link an article from the Business Insider in the show notes. The short version of the analysis is that the market does better under Democratic presidents. So from 1947 to 2006, the average annual return for stocks as represented by the S&P under a Democratic president was 10.5% versus 6.1% under a Republican president. Well, hang on a minute. If I remember this right, both the Great Recession in 08 and the current coronavirus recession in 2020 were both during Republican presidential terms. Is that the reason those numbers look so good for Democrats? Well, you'd think, right? But the numbers I just mentioned are with those years adjusted out. Oh. So if we leave those years in, it would be 10.8% under a Democratic president compared to just 5.6% under a Republican. Wow, all right. So that's almost double the stock market growth under Democratic presidents. What drives that? Yeah, there's really two things. Democratic presidents pass more legislation that benefits Main Street while Republican ones pass legislation that benefits Wall Street. 
And when Main Street has more money in their pockets to spend, they do so. And it benefits the companies where they spend that money. The other piece, though, the second thing is bias and behavior. Mm -hmm. We tend to elect Democratic presidents when things are bad, when the economy is bad. Let's think 2020. And thus, there's room to improve in the market, in the economy. And we elect Republican presidents when things are good. And therefore, there's more room for them to go down. You know, when you think about it, that actually makes a lot of sense. So legislatively, what we're looking at pending this, these two uh, runoff elections in Georgia come January is we're looking at most likely a democratically held House and a Republican held Senate. So I'd like to know what you think about how the market does under a split Congress, too. Oh, it's such a great question. We will get there. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but first, I want to share that Forbes has a great article about the percentage of returns for the S&P during the different presidential terms, which I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. The actual article was written about four months ago, maybe five months ago now, and it quotes Jeremy Siegel, who is a Wharton finance professor and wrote the book um, Stocks for the Long Run. We've heard a lot over the last four years about the record-breaking stock market that has happened under President Trump. Mm -hmm. The S&P's total return percentage has been 43% during this time, which is a great return. Yeah, sounds like it. But it puts him only seventh on the list in order of top return percentages of the last 13 presidents. Right in the middle. Okay. Yep. Right in the middle. So while it's true the market has hit new highs during the last four years, the same could be said a number of times over the last 75 years since the end of World War II. And let me just add this on there real quick, is that, you know, it sounds perhaps a little trite, but the reality is the market is generally high except when it's not. <laughs> and <laughs> the market is high most of the time. Mm -hmm. So we kind of have to keep that perspective. Uh, there's more to it than that. But I think it's important to recognize that unless the market is down or recovering, the market is high. That goes back to as you zoom out historically on the market, generally you see it trending up. So absolutely. What you're saying, Amy, it kind of sounds like even though some taxes might get raised, the market would be OK under a Biden-Harris administration. That's what the data supports. And it's likely, going to your point earlier, that we're going to have a split Congress, as it looks like the House will stay uh, with the Democrats and the Senate will maintain a Republican majority. Okay, so what does that mean for stocks? So great question. Typically, that's good for the markets, too. It means fewer of the more radical or controversial plans are going to get passed or that they would have to be altered significantly. Right, because we're going to have to have both houses of Congress agree on that, which means both parties. There's got to be bipartisan support. Like a compromise, okay. Yep. So the market likes that. A split Congress provides predictability that the market likes. So Fortune recently did a piece on this subject that says the S&P 500 historically has done quite well under a divided Congress, up more than 17% on average. Additionally, in years with a divided Congress, stocks have been higher the past 10 times with 2020 potentially being the 11th. All right. So looking at the immediate future, Amy, what happens between now and January 20th, 2021, when the Biden administration starts? Well, that's a great question. And unfortunately, none of us really know. Um, historically, the next few months have been spent with the two administrations working together to nail down a trans transition plan. That even happened in, in 2000 with the Bush-Gore um, hanging chad <laughs> yep. you know, issue. Um, and th with that, there were initially legal battles and recounts. But once it became clear the outcome wasn't going to swing in his favor, Al Gore conceded and Bush was able to start the transition process. 
Um, right now, there's no indication that President Trump intends to concede or stop the legal battle. So time is going to tell if he changes his mind and, and what that looks like. Um, if he doesn't change his mind or, or concede, um, then we could be in for a little bit of turmoil over the next couple of months until this is sorted out. Right. Markets tend to not like unpredictability. This is all great information, Amy. So those listening, thinking about their investments, what should they do over the next couple of months and then into the new administration? Yeah, well, if you're a client of mine already and you're listening to this, then the answer is nothing. <laughs> if you're one of Amy's clients listening, you knew that's what she was going to say. Got it. <laughs> yep. Uh, we've looked at your plans. We are planning for the long run, and we just don't know enough right now about what might get passed to make any changes based on speculation. But if you're not my client and you don't have a financial planner working on your side, now's the time to absolutely find one. And if you'd like to talk to us, we're, we're happy to chat. And how do people find you, Amy? They can reach us at our website at thimbleberryfinancial.com and schedule a time to chat with us or uh, give us a call at 503-610-6510. So I think just the takeaways to recap here, Amy, is there may be some volatility over the next couple months until the new administration starts. So don't panic and do, don't do anything rash. And then once the new administration starts, we'll see where things go. So don't do anything drastic right now, except if you don't have an advisor, find an advisor. And uh, again, you can find Amy's contact info in the show notes. Absolutely. Pleasure as always, Amy. We'll talk soon. I look forward to next time. Thanks. Registered representative securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker dealer, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisor representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Thimbleberry Financial are not affiliated.